Edward Sree, and welcome to All Things Catholic, where real faith meets real life. Hi, and welcome back to the show, and I'm so excited to have my first guest on the show here, and it's a very special guest, someone who's very dear to my heart, and that is my wonderful bride, Beth Sree. Uh, you may know Beth from the Focus World. For those of you that are in Focus, you may know her. She was the first woman Focus missionary. She's a contributor to the Catholic Faith, uh, Catholic for a Reason series. She's a presenter on the Beloved Marriage Program. But most of all, her greatest credential, uh, in addition to being a Christian, a daughter of God, is she is the mother of our eight children. Uh, I'm so thrilled. I know she has a great heart for mentoring uh, young couples, especially young women, whether it's from engagement to newly married to new moms or moms that have four or five, six kids. She has a great heart for that. And we are so thrilled to have you here, my dear wife. And I, I just got back from running a bunch of errands and I was told that there was some great... Uh, uh, great excitement in the house, uh, which there often is when we have eight kids. Something about what happened to the mirror in the bathroom. Uh, so uh, I'm going to be hearing about this uh, directly from my wife right here, uh, as you're all hearing it. Uh, so, honey, what what happened in the bathroom mirror today? <laughs> so this afternoon, I was down in the kitchen and heard upstairs water going on in the sink and water going off in the sink. And I noticed that our little three-and-a-half-year-old Kiara was nowhere in sight. In fact, she was supposed to be upstairs taking a nap. So I went upstairs, and um, in our master bathroom, Ted, she is standing on the counter. And um, I look at the mirror, and she had gotten into my makeup, which was like kind of a palette of paint, and she had painted this lovely picture oh, no. of a little girl in a dress with her hands, <laughs> and and she was vigorously using toilet paper to try and wipe it off, which is the water that I had heard. And oh, so she felt bad about it. She, she did. To, okay. she, and I, I looked at her and said, "Kiara," and she looked at me with these big eyes. I'm so sorry, Mama, because. Everybody, this is not the first time Kiara has messed with my makeup or someone else's beauty supplies. Um, So she knew she was in trouble and she felt bad. And we had to have a little moment and a little punishment. And (laughs) yeah, so it's still there, Ted. It's still in the mirror. I haven't had a chance to clean it off yet. So it's for your viewing pleasure. Yes, our little Monet. (laughs) Well, two things I'm happy to hear about. One is that she was sorry. I'm glad that at least there was a contrite heart there. She already felt badly about it. That's a good thing. Uh, But uh, it sounds like her art's getting a little better. She's drawing a little girl with a. Sure, you can. (laughs) say that. Yeah, let's, but, let's go with that. Uh, if you follow me on Facebook, you may remember last this last fall, I posted a picture of Kiara who got into some fingernail polish and had totally decorated another bathroom in the house, but this one looked like Jackson Pollock. It was like modern art just all over the place. Streaks. And, and streaks, streaks everywhere. everywhere. Yeah. And streaks all over her little baby sister on top of that. And so, her own pajamas. And her own pajamas, yes. Mm-hmm. So little, little Kiara. These are the adventures of family life. Uh, And that relates, I guess, to uh, what we're going to be talking about here today. I know we wanted to reflect a little bit on marriage, which we'll do from time to time. And I'll have Beth back on at different points throughout the year. Uh, But one thing I know she's been thinking about has been uh, things that we 
wish we knew more about or had done more before we were married. And you can make a whole laundry list of those things because there's nothing that can fully prepare you for the reality of, uh, of married life. Uh, but just a few things that have been on your heart here, honey. I know one of them you said was uh, the idea of service. And I think this this will be important and helpful, I hope, for listeners who are single and young adults that are listening that hope to be married someday. But I think those of us that may have been married 10, 20, 30 years, we, we always need to be reminded of what married life is all about. So tell me what you've been thinking about with service. So having a heart for service is so key to the vocation of marriage, because what is service? It's not only providing for the needs of others, but taking it a step further and inserting excellence into it. And that's anticipating the needs of other, of other people around us, not just, you know, maybe showing up for work, checking off some boxes. Okay. I punched the clock. Okay. They need me to do this. Okay. I'm going to do this. Okay, great. Now I'm going to go home. Not that kind of service, but going all in and taking initiative, um, with, with with what the people that God has placed around you truly need. Just looking for little ways to do that. Um, and doing this now, really, kids are overwhelming, let's be honest, especially when you have lots of littles. They are completely overwhelming. Everyone needs you all the time for everything. Um, but having a heart for service and really giving yourself in, f- truly not just doing it, but thinking through what does everyone around me need will enable anybody to really just prepare for parenthood, for motherhood, for fatherhood, yeah, let me which say, is a life of constant service. Constant service. That's exactly what I was going to say. One thing is when I come home and I just see you there at you know Mission Control, the, the middle of our kitchen. The island. The island area, right? And you've got... You know, a, a little baby tugging at your leg while you're trying to cook dinner for people. And then our teenage daughters coming and say, hey, mom, can we do this this weekend? And then there's some fight breaking out in the other living room area and someone's coming crying and saying, this person did this and to me. And the phone is ringing. And the phone is ringing. <laughs> and I walk in the door and I probably present to you five needs. Hey, honey, I need a calendar question for oh, you. And, and I, but I, I look at you and, and, and you know, there's so many times where I just see you just cheerfully, patiently, just going from one person to the next, to the next, and just serving, you know, and let's be fair, there's many times where we're both completely overwhelmed and maybe don't respond Mm. the best in those situations, but talk about, you know, when you use that language of constant service, um, you know, it, it makes me, you know, we were serving in focus together early on, so we had service in our life, but that, and that certainly we're grateful for that. That was a, a good preparation, but we wish we had done a lot more in terms of just nonstop laying down our lives for other people. <laughs> yeah, it really is preparing your muscles, strengthening your muscles. I and mean, that's the definition of a virtue, right? Is to live it out in the little ways so you get stronger. So when the big thing come, you're ready to go after it. I personally love to run. I love to run long. I love to run hard. In fact, a dear friend of mine today went for a run. I don't think I told you this, Ted. We meant to run about seven miles. We ended up running 10. Oops. Way to go. I'm You're almost at a half marathon no, there. No, no, no. I'm going to be sore tomorrow. <laughs> FYI, sore and tired mama. Um, but it really is the strengthening thing. You can't just wake up and be like, I'm going to run 10 miles today. You know, you have to little by little, moment by moment, day by day, week by week, 
put in a little bit more, put in a little bit more, put in a little bit more so that race day, you're race ready, you're ready to go. And you've put in the work, you've put in the miles, you've put in the time, you've put in the effort, you've put in the energy, and you know it's going to be a good day. Mm. Same with the vocation of marriage. You've got to make sure that you personally can build up your virtue moment by moment, day by day, week by week, and the little stuff so that when the big stuff comes of you know, baby one, baby two, baby three, you know, a husband who's working, who maybe he travels a lot. I don't know, (laughs) but it's something that, that is going to get harder and harder, you know, but there's grace too, but it's, it's still, there's a lot on you, a lot on your shoulders that you can, you can embrace it. You can handle it. You can really go after it and have that heart for service that's seeking to look out for those around you. So that's something certainly someone who's a young adult, they're single right now, looking for opportunities to serve. And that, and that certainly could be at your parish, your Newman Center, if you're on a college campus. But first and foremost, just the many opportunities right in our own life. Uh, when we are showing up uh, for, uh, with our friends or at a social event or some uh, something go, you know, d- where there's others gathered together, when we walk into the room, do we walk in looking at what do I get out of this? You know, oh, there's some great food over there. or Oh, there's some good drink over here. Or this looks really fun. Or there's some, a fun group of people I could talk to. Or there's some cute girl over there I can go talk to. Are we always walking into the room looking into our situations? What can I get out of this? Or do we walk into the room looking at how can I make this environment better? How can I serve others? How can I serve the people around me? Um, nothing wrong with having a good drink and enjoying other people, but many times that's the level of our social lives. Uh, but do we walk into the room thinking about how we could serve others? That's a wonderful thing a single person can always be doing in every situation they're in. How do you make the situation better? Because that's what you need to do as a mom, as a dad, as a husband, as a wife. Uh, but what about people who have been married? They're, they're in the midst of it right now, and they feel like they're just drowning. I love that image you described of using the muscles, because even that, that could be applied there, too, saying, you know, what? I feel like I'm drowning, but maybe I, I just go after this one thing this week. I feel like there's dozens of things I need to improve in my life. I'm just failing in all these areas. I'm just not good enough here. But maybe just it's picking one area. Maybe it's just I'm, I'm going to go after the dishes. I'm just going to just be committed and just get that done. Or I'm going to be committed on uh, organizing this one room or, you know, or just spending time with this one child. So there's many ways that we can apply this, uh, whether we're single or, or we're married. I would say too, that us moms, oftentimes we don't have the luxury of deciding I'm going to do this. I'm going <laughs> to plant the flag. I'm going to go after that. I'm going to go da, 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 da. Because we're so in the moment. We're so just things are presented. You know, we're constantly putting out fires, you know. So I would say just, you know, looking and seeing what needs are presented to you. How can you serve? I mean, maybe even something as simple as, okay, I'm... There was an incident at our kids' school where I had a stroller and I put, I think, my purse, which I teasingly call, call my luggage because it's so huge and it's full of so many things. But I was pushing the stroller and it just completely toppled over and things were everywhere. And this woman that I didn't know stopped, saw me, and just started like picking up all my things and helping me put it back mm-hmm. together. I mean, she saw the need. And she responded. She could have totally just kept walking. I mean, this is a very little minor thing, but just things like that that are presented to us as moms, as women, as dads, as men. Things that are presented to us, how are we going to respond? Are we going to, you know, take a moment, take time, and enter into this person's suffering or issue or need and respond? 
Or are we, you know, we could just keep going. Mm. So, yeah, service. Yeah, it relates to the second point you mentioned here, the idea of accepting and embracing. What what, what do you mean by that? Okay. Um, yeah, so, so the idea is... How do we react when things don't go our way? How do we act when we're disappointed um, about something that, you know, we had been looking forward to and it wasn't going to happen or someone did something and it's out of our control? You know, are we going to complain and kind of gripe about it? Are we going to get grumpy and sullen and affect our mood and let it affect the people around us? Um, I see this in... In my own motherhood, because especially early on, there would be times where there would be like this really awesome New Year's Eve party that all our friends were going to go to. And it was just so awesome. Or, you know, maybe getting together with um, some other mom friends. We're going to go out to hang out at someone's house and stay up really late and just talk and feed each other's spirits and really connect again. And let's say something happens and one of my kiddos, two hours before I'm supposed to leave, starts throwing up. Wait. Actually has happened. Yeah, true story. <laughs> Hasn't happened this winter yet, knock on wood. We've had other stuff. Um, but that's such a hard situation because in that moment, you have to let go. You have to let go of that desire and just accept that this is what's happening. This is my new reality. To let your friends know you're not going to make that party. You're not going to make that get together. And then you have to work and move to embrace that and see that this is what God wants for me. God wants for me to stay home with my kiddos tonight and, you know, be chasing things around and taking care of things that are rather unpleasant. And isn't marriage and family life just constantly like that, though? Like never getting to do what you really were hoping or planning? <laughs> yeah, kind of. I think someone told us that once, right? What's the definition of marriage? Never getting to do what you want? Never getting to do what you I want. I you said that, but they were, they were right on, right on, guys. Um, but yeah, motherhood, my life is not my own. Truly, my life is not my own. Um, yeah, and, I, and the, going back to the whole kids being sick thing when when that happens yes it's a bummer and yes you would never wish sickness on kiddos but normally my kids maybe yours are this way too they're kind of bouncing off the walls we even have a jumpy in our house sometimes when kids need to run off that energy like an inflatable (laughs) bouncer it's awesome but anyway when when they're well and they're themselves they're running around 100 miles an hour but when they're sick they're just so sweet and they're just cuddly and you're able to connect with them, get that downtime with them. And just, I don't know, there's something very unique about being there for them in that time. That If I were still like irritated that I couldn't go hang out with my friends and I was, still with, you know, was with the kiddo who's not doing so well, I may not be able to enter into that special mm-hmm. time that I can, you know, serve my child mm-hmm. In this way, so. yeah, it, it, it. I think it challenges us to to even ask just when we face disappointments. We have a certain plan, and it could be I want to be with some friends, or it could be what you're cooking for dinner, and all of a sudden it just doesn't work that night. Which has <laughs> happened. That has happened. <laughs> you know, it could be um, some hope we have for one of our children. You know, we're gonna they get to do this thing, and oh, now they're not able to do it. You know, there's a whole array of things. How do we respond to life's disappointments, setbacks, challenges. Um, Many times we can just be frustrated. We could get very melancholic. We can just get down. Um, 
but I know you've been reading Jacques Philippe. Uh, he's one okay. of our favorite authors, but this, but just recently, I know you've been reading his book on true freedom, and and I've used that book or at least sections of it for for I think class. It's interior for interior freedom, yeah, right. interior freedom, interior freedom. Um, but he talks about this idea of as Christians, we have to have the faith, the confidence that no matter what's going on. You know, in our lives, God can always use it for good. We're called not just to be resigned and be, oh, well, it's God's will. I have to stay home tonight or this isn't going to work out, you know, but to really spiritualize those moments, which constantly happen in marriage and family life of accepting and embracing. Um, what, 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 what tips would you give someone, Beth, to, you know, when they're, when they, you know, they're, these disappointments happen over and over and over again? What, what advice would you give them in the moment? What, what should they do? I was, I mean, along with embracing it, it's just living in the present moment and calling on the grace of that moment. Um, as we're talking about all these things, preparing for marriage um, and then being married, I think it's important, too, to remember that marriage is a sacrament. Marriage gives a unique grace to the husband and the wife. Marriage gives a unique grace to the husband and wife for those particular children that God has entrusted to them. Um and so we can we can really call on that grace, and that grace is there for us in a way that it's not there for um, those who have not yet entered into the sacrament of matrimony. So, um, and I love to I love to think of the idea of the present moment. I think I got this originally from um, in conversation with God. Those the, the book, not the book. Yeah, not, not, like, not interlocutions yeah, yeah, yeah. and visions. <laughs> right, I'm receiving visions. <laughs> no, the but the spiritual um, reading and conversations with God. It's a series. But anyway, it still comes up, and I still get really excited whenever it's that daily reading. The idea of living in the present moment is that God's grace is always right on time. It's never early. It's never late. We always want it to be early. I want right now to have the grace to have 10 kids. We have eight, right? I want that grace for 10 kids right now. But guess what? I don't have 10 kids right now. So I get the grace for right now being a mom of eight kids, being a wife to Ted Street. That's the grace of the moment. But also God's grace is not on time or it's not late. It's never late. He's always there with us. And going back to the line in the Our Father, give us this day our daily bread, just the bread for today, just what we need for this day, for this moment, for this hour, for this time. And that's that's just how God works. He wants to meet us in the now. He doesn't want to like keep harboring in the past and, you know, all of that. And he, he's definitely going to be there in the future, but he can't be there for us in the future. We can't live in the future. We just have to live in if the If we moment. are blessed with 10 kids right now, I'm staring at that. I'm I going, know. Oh, I know, how are we right? going to do that? drowning you know, know but but if we are blessed with 10 kids then god will give us the grace at that time right now if we think about it too much i'm just going to stress out about yeah, it yeah right and then you're not living in the moment if you're stressing about the future yeah okay so we talked about service we talked about uh, developing the habit of accepting embracing the the present moments the many challenging situations that come up in daily life in marriage and family one more one last point here uh you said we, we Deal, deal with your stuff. Deal with your stuff. Whether you're married right now and there's stuff you haven't dealt with or you, you hope to be married someday, deal with it now before you go into your marriage. What, what, what is this stuff you're talking about? <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah. So an issue with the adverb. Now, maybe now is not your time. There's a time for everything and the time for dealing with it 
will make itself abundantly clear. But if you are not yet married, would highly recommend that you do this now. Because, okay, what am I talking about? Deal with your stuff. We all have our wounds. We're human. We're broken. We're fallen creatures. We have wounds. We have things in our lives that have affected us deeply. We have baggage. We have heartaches. We have deep disappointments. We may have had abuse. We may have you know, crazy things we're struggling with that might be trending towards an addiction, or maybe it's a full-blown addiction. Maybe we were we were brought into this world and we're, we come from a broken family. Maybe our parents were divorced. Maybe we have experiences, just lots of things that that have affected us that we might be living from those those wounds. Um, so especially if you're not yet married, to spend time identifying those wounds. And then taking them to Jesus and going after it and getting help. And whether that's finding a really awesome spiritual director or finding a wonderful therapist that's not afraid to take you to a place of healing there, um, or both, oftentimes both is ideal, but just running after it, going after it, um, and deal with it, dealing with it now before you enter into your vocation can do so many things because... Okay, let's say you just identify it. At least then you know. Like, I respond this way to these triggers, and you can tell your future husband that. And then he knows. He can work through it with you. It it can just save so much miscommunication, misfiring. Mm -hmm. Um, It reminds me of the idea that grace builds on nature. You know, just because we go to our wedding ceremony, we, we could have a nice tuxedo on, a great wedding dress, and we think... You know, we can go up. I've heard you say before the idea. Some people think, oh, I can just you know, leave it at the altar. Whatever, you know, is in my past, whatever wounds I carry or bad habits I carry, oh, I'll get married and then I got the sacrament and I just leave it at the altar. But grace builds on nature. And there is real grace there that can help, you know, with the healing process in our lives. Uh, but it's still a part of us. You know, we, we carry that into our marriages and it, it affects us. Um, I, I, I'll give a few examples here. I've, I've, I've had friends that I know who've gone through challenges uh, in their married lives uh, where all of a sudden things from their childhood come up and they didn't even realize whether it's something like abuse, for example, you know, like uh, someone's abused and then they didn't, they, they, many people just block that off. They, they don't even remember it. It's just deep in their subconscious, but now they're in their married life. And as they're in this deep, intimate relationship and intimacy, all of a sudden it, it, they start to remember and having flashbacks. And it, it's, a, it's a great pressure and stress on their marriage uh, until they can get the proper help in spiritual direction, counseling, and uh, to get the healing. I, I've also been blessed to work with many young people uh, throughout the, the, the years, uh, young adults, people in their you know college or young adult years who came from broken homes and they, they, they always thought, Oh, it's all fine. I, you know, it didn't affect me. I'm, I'm over that. But then when they enter into marriage or they enter into a, a, an engagement, all of a sudden, a lot of different fears or insecurities come out uh, that weren't there before. A lot of fears would, will this person really be there for me all the time? Uh, and, and that's rooted from their own experience growing up in a, a broken home. Uh, people today, especially with all the, these addictions that are out there, and they bring that into their marriage, uh, that that can cause a great challenge. So we all have, to your point, our our stuff. Uh, when I hear you saying is, you know, it, it has to be, you know, God will bring that out at, at, at the right time and bring the healing. But 
um, the, the more we can be thinking about, you know, my past that I, that I, that I have, and, and if I can help, you know, find some healing again with therapy, counseling, or, uh, spiritual direction, confession, uh, if I, if I can find that before I go into my marriage, great. Uh, and, but I might be married five, 10, 15 years and all of a sudden stuff starts percolating and, uh, and, and we shouldn't be ashamed to have to go seek that counseling, seek that spiritual direction to, to find that healing. There's no shame in counseling. Period. End of story. Um, another point, too, that when you were talking made me think that marriage is a vocation, right? So to think that, oh, it's so wonderful. We love each other. It's going to be great. We're not going to have any problems. Like, I remember when we were engaged, some people would be like, well, this is how you handle conflict in your marriage. And just naively thinking, we love each other and we love Jesus, so there's not going to be conflict, <laughs> no right? conflict. Never, never conflict. <laughs> but to think that marriage is a vocation, right? It's it's supposed to get us to heaven. And... Um, I like to say sometimes it's wicked hard. Hmm. Being married is wicked hard. Don't think for a second that it's like a walk in the park and roses and halos. It's crazy hard. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. It's amazing. Hmm. Amen. But there's a lot of hard stuff in it. And to not be afraid of the hard, to run to the hard, to lean into the hard, but to really take it to Jesus, especially taking it to Jesus in the blessed sacrament. Because honestly, that's, we want healing. We want healing from these wounds. We don't want to carry this baggage with us anymore. And he's the only one. Your counselor, your spiritual director can stir it up for you. They can rip the Band-Aid off. But Jesus is the only person who can truly put right order and truly heal those wounds so that we don't have to live out of it anymore. I mean, you may, you'll always have a scar. You'll always have a scar from these wounds. But the question is, is it gaping? Is it oozing? Is it affecting you? And if it is, Jesus wants to heal of that. I'm convinced more and more that Jesus' healings in the Gospels, he wants to heal everyone in that exact same way right now. It's easy to look back, oh, that was 2,000 years ago. It doesn't doesn't really apply. He's not walking around healing people. Oh, yes, he is. (laughs) But you have to run to him. Yeah, I've heard you say this to to many people, like when they're they are facing some of the challenges uh, in their in their past and in their life, and whether they're going to spiritual direction for it or going to counseling for it. I've often heard you say, "And go to adoration." Yes, <laughs> and take I it, got that from my uh, dear friend. <laughs> and then take it to Jesus in adoration, which is uh, a, a wonderful thing. Um, so, tell me about. I know you're you're getting ready to launch a website, so I know about this, um, but the world doesn't know about this yet. Uh, I'd love to uh, let my listeners just hear about what, what you're hoping to do here to help help young young women, young engaged women, young moms. Okay, so for about two years, maybe more than that, I've been feeling the Holy Spirit poking me. And if you are here, listener, right now, I would be poking you like the Holy Spirit has been <laughs> poking me. Um, just it's time to give back. That's what I kept hearing. It's time to give back. It's time to give back. And I didn't know what that meant. I, I just so eventually I just kind of all came together over the last year. So it's modeled after the quote that's um, attributed to Saint Joan of Arc: "I am not afraid. I was born to do this." So my website is borntodothis.org, um, and the the subtitle is "Courage for the Call to Marriage and Motherhood." So the idea is I just I just want to be there to support engaged moms. Engaged, I can't talk. Engaged women, moms, um, maybe those who just are just realizing this is hard, you know, and I really, really want to live out marriage and family life 
in the way that Jesus wants us to, but all of a sudden it's way harder than I thought it would be. Mm-hmm. And maybe you feel like I'm not cut out for this or I can't do this or I don't know what I'm doing. You feel inadequate. You feel overwhelmed. Uh, we've all been there. Those of us who've been fighting this battle for a long time, I know I've been there more often than I would have liked, but I just want to be there to support women. I will say my, my website is very much still a work in progress. Um, it's very simple, straightforward, but I, I'm excited to see where it's all going. I still don't know the end goal with that, except just being there, praying for the moms and the wives. And uh, the idea of giving back, you know, I, I yeah. know that that's you are so grateful for the moms that were a couple steps ahead of you in life that mm-hmm. that shared their life with you. You know, Michael M. Martin. You mentioned her as a, yes. a huge mentor for your for your life. Uh, Stacy Mitch, Gina Borchers, Stephanie others, Reyes. Stephanie Reyes. Yeah, so so many other moms um, that you've learned from, and and wanting to pass that on. And you know, in our day and age today, you know, a lot of people don't think about the idea of you know I getting a mentor or learning from people that are a step ahead. In fact, the the younger generation, the millennial generation, you know, they're, they're all about appearance. And so many young moms today feel this pressure. Oh, I got to pretend like I have it all together and I, I have the answers. I know what to do. But deep down, because I, I, I get to talk to them, I hear them when I'm out speaking, and they, they'll come and they'll be honest going, I'm drowning. I don't know how to do this. But they're so afraid in their local communities, their local parishes, because they got to feel like oh, I have to pretend everything's, you know, just like we have to, you know, when you have guests over at our house, you sweep everything under the, the rug and make everything look really nice. You know, but that's what we do in our marriage and family lives. Oftentimes as Catholics, we have to present ourselves as we've got it all together. We don't want to make it look like we're, we're, we're really struggling as much as we really are. And I know you've been a blessing to, to some of those moms that are willing to face the real. Uh, mm-hmm. And I hear you use that language all the time. So we will pray for the website. I'm excited. Listeners, if you could pray for, for her. It's like, what's the name of the website one more time? Born to do this. Born dot to org. do this dot org. And you'll be able to connect with my wife uh, on social media, Facebook and Twitter as well. Thank you all for listening. And I hope you've enjoyed having Beth on because I want to bring her on many other times uh, throughout this year. Uh, so if you've enjoyed this podcast, please share it with other people. We want to be able to get this out there so that more souls can be touched for Lord that we for the Lord we can live our faith and share it with others more effectively. If you have any questions you want to reach me, you can find me on my website edwards3.com. You can also connect with me on Facebook and Twitter. God bless.